Welcome to installment 308 of Sefer Mitzvahs from the Rambam. In today's portion, we will continue our discussion of Positive Commandment 246, the government, the law governing the settlement of financial disputes, the law of Tayein Venitan. The Rambam tells us that this positive commandment includes resolution of all financial matters and complaints that one individual could have against another. Whether, whether the, defend, the defendant admits to having owed the money or denies owing the money or anything in between, all of the laws are covered under the purview of this positive commandment. In fact, all of the Talmudic laws governing the adjudication of financial disagreements come under this positive commandment 246. The law, however, is derived from a very narrow pasuk in the Chumash. In the book of Exodus, chapter 22, verse 8, the law is discussed, al kol dvar pesha, on any form of financial dishonesty or suspected dishonesty. And the verse continues and concludes, asher yeimar that the suspected person answers, ki this is it. What is the meaning of this statement, this is it? The Rambam quotes the Mechilta, which interprets the statement as the person is saying, Ki This is the only thing I owe you. You have accused me of owing you a large amount. But no, Ki This is all I owe you. I owe you a much smaller amount. This is known as a Meidebe Miktas. The person agrees that he does owe money. However, only partially does he agree. He does not agree with the amount. For example, Reuven claims that Shimon has borrowed a hundred dollars. And Shimon does not deny him. Shimon partially agrees. He says, I do owe you, but only fifty. This is a case of partial agreement. And the law is, as the Rambam tells us in his legal code, that, he is, that Shimon is required to take an oath, of a biblical, biblically required oath, that he does not owe more than the $50. There are two other cases where an oath is required by the Torah. One, if there is one witness contradicting the statement of Shimon, in order to take money by means of testimony, we would need two witnesses to testify that they have seen something. In Jewish law, one witness is insufficient, as we will discuss, God willing, in the laws of testimony. However, one witness, although he cannot conclude and we cannot fully decide the case based on his testimony, nevertheless, we can cause the defendant to take an oath, a biblically required oath, as a result of his testimony. This is the second category. The third category involves a shamer, a custodian or watchman, who claims exemption for having lost the object due to unavoidable circumstances or circumstances which he is not responsible for, as we have discussed previously in the laws of Shemirin of Watchmen. The details of these laws are conveyed in the third chapter of Baba Kama, chapters 1 and 8 of Baba Metziah, and chapters 5 through 7 of Shvuas, as well as other scattered places in the, in the Talmud. Many stories are told of the great wisdom of our sages in adjudicating various financial disputes and in how to carry out the, the legal decision. The story is told in the Jerusalem Talmud of Rabbi Yenison, who lived next door to a certain Roman. This Roman had an amount of property which was covered by a tree which originated in the land of Rabbi Yenison. It was Rabbi Yenison's tree. However, it hung over his property. However, he enjoyed the tree. He sat in the shade of the tree and never complained about it. 
One day this Roman became curious about the Jews' wisdom and how they settle their court cases, and he decided to sit in in the court of Rabbi Yenison. And that day a financial dispute developed between two men, two Jews. One claimed that he, his neighbor's tree was hanging over his yard and it was harming his crops. The other one answered him, Why, it's been growing there for 20 years and you never complained. I'm not going to cut it down now. And they argued in the court in front of Rabbi Yenison. And the owner of the tree complained, How could you cut my tree? The tree will be totally lost. It'll lose its beauty. And it'll become weak and perhaps it will become uprooted by the wind. However, his neighbor argued the other direction. He said that the tree is harming my crops. In the beginning, I didn't complain because it was small. Now it's grown and it's causing me financial damage. I don't want the tree anymore. The Roman listened very quietly to these cases and became very interested. What would the Rabbi Anison decide? If Rabbi Anison decides that you're allowed, that he must cut the tree, the Roman thought to himself that... He should cut the tree over my property also. Rabbi Yenison will get himself in trouble. He will decide that he must cut the tree. And then I will embarrass him publicly. I will yell in front of everyone that he thought to himself. That Rabbi Yenison himself has a tree hanging over my property. And we will see that, I, that the Jews will become embarrassed since they don't obey their own laws. Rabbi Yenison saw the Roman sitting there and realized he was in a predicament. And therefore he called an adjournment and asked the two to return the next day. However, the Roman decided that he would not be fooled and he was going to come the next day as well. And he would not let Rabbi Yenison off the hook. However, in the meantime, Rabbi Yenison went to a woodchopper and asked him to come to his property. And he instructed the woodchopper to cut down all the branches of the tree which were hanging over his Roman neighbor's property. And it was promptly done, and the tree was trimmed, and no longer did a single limb of the tree hang over this Roman's property. The next day, the two parties came back to court, and the Roman also sat in the back listening to the proceedings. And Rabbi Yenison issued his decision that the owner of the tree had to cut off any part of the tree which was hanging over out of his property and damaging his neighbor's land. And the Roman immediately jumped to his feet and tried to complain about Rabbi Yenison. You instructed him to cut the tree? What about your tree? Your tree is leaning over my property. Why don't you cut that tree down? The Rabbi Yenison spoke to the Roman and said, Go and look at my tree. It's all cut. It's all trimmed. And I am merely instructing that this person do what I have what I have myself done. Rabbi Yenison did not mention that the Roman was even happy about having the tree there. He merely said that he was only instructing someone else to do as he himself did. And the Roman ran back to his house and saw that the tree had been trimmed. And he realized that not only was Rabbi Yenison honest, but he was also extremely wise and realized what he had to do to... to bring this legal case to its proper conclusion. And at that point the Roman praised Hashem and he said, Blessed is the God of Israel who commanded the Jewish people to live with law and justice. And Rabbi Yenison is an example of this law and justice. And afterwards the Roman showed great respect for Rabbi Yenison. There are other cases, however, which are even more difficult to solve. As the story is told of a certain member inhabitant of the village of Umman, who was a participant in a certain difficult court case, a dintera. 
How did this story come out? Towards the end of his life, this individual decided that he wanted to be buried in Israel. And therefore he left his town and he went to make the long and perilous journey to the land of Israel. After having remained there a few months, suddenly he was seen back in his hometown. He returned to his land, the, the village of Uman, and everyone asked him, Why did you go and why did you return? What's going on here? However, he didn't answer them. Until it came the day where he actually died, and he called together the Hevra Kadisha, the Jewish Burial Society, and said he would like to tell them a story. And he informed them that when he was a young man, he was a businessman and used to travel and do business around the city of Berdichev. And when he was near Berdichev, he would always come to the city to be able to spend time with the Tzaddik Rebbe Yitzchuk Berdichever. One time he came to Berdichev and was observing and listening to the beautiful davening, the prayers of Rebbe Levi Yitzchuk. And as he was listening, suddenly a group of people, of men and women arguing, burst into Reb Levi Yitzchak's room. And he was able to see that a lawsuit was in progress. And they were in the midst of a very, a very severe financial dispute. And they came to Reb Levi Yitzchak to be the Rav to adjudicate this dispute. What was the story? A man had become a money changer. And this was his business. He would borrow amounts of money to be able to change other people's money and would take a fee for doing it, as was common in those times. And although he didn't make much money, he made barely enough to survive. However, he needed to borrow money to keep his business solvent. One time, all of the borrowed money had disappeared, a tremendous amount of money, and he was extremely worried, not only for the money that had been lost, but now he would not be trusted with to borrow money again, and he would lose an enti his entire means of support. And he suspected his maid of having taken the money. He accused the maid, and cursed her, and even beat her, to try to get her to, bring, to give back the money. The maid reported this to her parents, and now the whole group had descended upon his house, and... He asked the Rav to decide between the cases. After hearing the total dispute, Rabbi Levi Yitzchok said, I see from all, of, all that has been presented before me that this maid is innocent. She never did anything. On the other hand, this tremendous amount of 300 rubles has been lost, and I don't see what to do. I don't know who took it. Rabbi Levi Yitzchok walked around not knowing what to do. How could he finish? How could he solve this case? Finally, he stood and said that if a person would give me 300 rubles, he said, I will promise this person a portion in the world to come. Having heard this, this man continued, I walked into the room and I asked him, Rebbe, are you prepared to write this down, to put this in writing? Rebbe Levi Yitzchok said, yes. Upon this, said the man, I took out 300 rubles and gave them to the Rav, to Rav Levi Yitzchak. And he gave them to the man and blessed him that you should never again suffer financial loss. And he blessed the, ma the, the, the maidservant and said, I bless you also that you should make a good shidduch, you should find a good match, so that you must no longer be a maid. And everyone left, and Rabbi Levi Yitzchak wrote a note for this man and informed him that he should never open it until the day he dies when he should call the Hebra Kadisha, the burial society, and tell them to place it in his grave. And the man was concluded now his story. I treasured this note, since this was my ticket, this was my entrance into the world to come. And I hid it in a siddur and had it bound into the prayer book itself so it should not be lost.
And I wanted to be buried in, in Eretz Yisrael, in the land of Israel, as many people do. And after arriving there, I discovered that I had left my Siddur home. I had left the Siddur Numan. And in this prayer book was the note from Rav Levi Yitzchak. And I needed this note from my portion in the world to come. And therefore I came back after only a few months in Israel. And now I sense this is the day I'm going to die. And I ask you to fulfill the instructions of Rav Levi Yitzchak and place this in my grave when I die. He gave the note to the Hebra Kadisha and shortly afterwards passed away. And after he died, the Hebra Kadisha said that the, the, the tzaddik made it forbidden to him to read the note. However, the Hebra Kadisha was never instructed. So we are allowed to read the note. They opened the envelope and found a small piece of paper. And written on the paper, it was, it, was, it was written, Open the gates of the Garden of Eden for this man. Signed, Levi Yitzchak, the son of Sarah. And as reward of having helped solve this case, the man gained entrance into the Garden of Eden.